Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor May J. H. Gilbert Sr. We are broadcasting on the Wall Ministries uh, uh, Bible Institute, and we're coming to you this morning. We're broadcasting from uh, uh, Rocky Mount, Virginia. We're at the uh, Baymont by Wyndham here, taking a little weekend uh, to enjoy ourselves with me and my wife. And uh, but we want to be able to come this morning uh, again delivering to you our Sunday school lesson. We were out of town last week uh, picking my wife up from uh, Missouri, but we are here back on this Sunday to uh, broadcast our Sunday school hour here at On The Wall Ministries. Our beautiful lesson this morning, we starting with God Offers Deliverance. Our June 26th lesson, uh, lesson four, King James Version, coming out of the, com uh, the uh, standard commentary. Uh, this morning, uh, in our lesson this morning, we're coming out of Isaiah, uh, the 51st chapter this morning, verses 1 through 8. Uh, our text this morning uh, comes out in unit 1, God delivers and restores. Partners in a new creation is our theme. Our key verse this morning says, Hearken unto me that follow after righteousness, and ye that seek the law. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and the hole of the pit whence ye are dug. Uh, that's Isaiah 51st, uh, uh, chapter, verses 1. In our lesson this morning, we would like to be able to identify what endures and what does not. And then explain the connection between connecting or seeking righteousness and seeking the Lord. Also, we would like to be able to state one way by which we will be able to better model this connection that we have uh, between uh, ourselves and the Lord in these coming weeks. So as we get into our lesson this morning, we want to read our text, again, coming from Isaiah, uh, the 51st chapter, verses 1 through 8. Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, and seek of the Lord, and look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and the hole of the pit whence ye are dug. Verse 2, look unto Abraham your father, and to Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. Verse 3, it says that for the Lord shall comfort Zion, and he will comfort all in waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert likened unto the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Verse 4 says, Hearken unto me again, my people, and give ear unto me. O my nation, for the law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment for the rest of the light of the people. Verse 5, my righteousness is near, and my salvation is gone forth. Mine arms shall judge the people, and the owls shall uh, uh, wait upon me, and mine arms shall they trust. Uh, verse 6, uh, lift up your eyes unto the heavens, and look unto the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like the smoke, and the earth shall uh, wax like in a garment, and they shall dwell therein, and shall die in like manner. But my salvation uh, shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Verse 7, hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, and the people of whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their reviling. Verse 8, our last verse. For the moth shall eat up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. 
but my righteousness shall be forever and my salvation from generation to generation. Again, we want to look at, identify what endures and what does not. And then explain uh, how between seeking righteousness and seeking the Lord. And then find out one way this week we'll be able to better model those characteristics in our personal life in the coming weeks. Uh, in our introduction, he says, look both ways. Uh, when children are crossing the street, uh, they, they tell us to be able, before you cross the street, to be able to look both ways. Uh, Sometimes distractions will uh, come and cause us to quit, uh, not able to see what we should be able to see. Uh, we are focused on other things and not on the things that we should be focusing on. Uh, those on wheels are not seen looking uh, at a device and still are at the road. We sometimes on our cell phones, we are behind the wheel and we are not paying attention to the road. We are paying attention to our sideways. The look both ways admonition is no longer good enough in this generation we in. People all need to stay aware of their surroundings rather than looking both ways. You need to look all around you and make sure that what you are dealing with uh, is uh, in the right perspective. The result of this old saying could be changed to look up, then look both ways before crossing the street. You need to look around and make sure that we understand what's happening all around us in this generation. So this lesson will develop three looks as we look at our lesson this morning. It will give uh, the people of Israel to look at the people of Judah, look at their past, look at their future, but also look straight forward to the present that they're in today. In our lesson context, uh, Charles Dickens always says in the tales of two cities that it was the best of times, but it was also the worst of times. The same could be said about Judah and Israel. They had the best of times, and one judge would come, and, and he would say that they lived and did good according to the Lord. And then we have another judge or king come along, and they said they did bad according to the Lord. So you had some they were doing in the best of times reflected when they had economic and military uh, success. And then the worst of times when they sank into sin because of idolatry and they ended up in exile into Babylon. So as we look at the best of times and the worst of times, we got to understand what's happening in our past, but also what's happening in our present. Let's look at our text this morning. Look to the past. We're going to look at those three, the past, uh, the, the present, and the future. He said, hearken unto me, ye that follow righteousness, and ye that seek the Lord, and look unto the rock that are hewn, the hole of the pit whence ye are dig. Uh, that is our verse 1 this morning. He says, hearken unto me. Hearken unto me means that you should listen unto the Lord. He's calling three times in our text this morning to hearken uh, in uh, verses 4. 4 and 7, and then verses 21, go down to chapter 52, verse 8. He's encouraging the people to hearken unto him. And undoubtedly, ye that follow righteousness is the same ones that seek the Lord. So if we are uh, hearkening unto the Lord, we are following after righteousness, but we are also trying to seek his face. We know that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. But we got to be able to get to the place where we seek the presence of the Lord. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve came into the presence of the Lord. They were able to walk with the Lord. We need to get back to that relationship that we have, that we are 
are in the presence of the Lord, seeking after his righteousness. And then he says, look to the rock which thou art hewn in the hole of the pit which ye are dig. Goes back, talk about uh, 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 Adam and Eve again. He says that from the rock, it goes back, really not Adam and Eve, about Abraham and Sarah. He says that go back unto the rock to which ye are hewn. Talk about Abraham, which is the rock. He is the solid foundation of our faith. He says, go back to the rock that you are hewn, or go back to the hole or, or the pit where you are dig. Their relationship, talking about Sarah, go back to that place where you were born again. And then he says in uh, verse 2, look unto Abraham your father and Sarah that bear you, for I have called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Again, the analogy of the rock and the hole or the pit talks about Abraham, the rock, and Sarah, the one who, which the generations where Christ would come, that was came out of that uh, that heritage or that genealogy. Uh, so we are looking at uh, look at the rock, uh, look at the place where you had a solid foundation. Go back to where you first found God in your relationship. Remember the joy of the salvation that when you first became a Christian. Look back to the beginning when you were walking with Christ. Uh, uh, as a refresher so they can remind you of how good God has been to you in your life. Then verse 3, expect comfort. Verse 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion, and, and he shall comfort all in these waste places. He will make her a wilderness like Eden, and a desert like the garden of the Lord. And joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving in the voice of melody. Uh, the destruction of Zion was complete and completely devastating. So much that Judah broadly in Jerusalem became a waste place. Well, we might consider those images in uh, contemporary war zones that we're in today. Things are torn apart. Things are torn up. But he says that I will make that wilderness like Eden. You know how Eden was. Everything that they needed, God provided. And he says that her desert shall lack a garden of the Lord. So in our worst of time, in our driest moments, we'll be like a garden of the Lord. And then he said joy and what? Gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving, and the voice of melody. We're going to be in the garden of the Lord. We're going to have thanksgiving. We're going to have a song on our heart. We're going to be having that joy. See, joy is one of the characteristics that Christians should understand. We should not be re relating our situations to the joy that we have in the Lord. Our joy comes from Him, not the situations that we're in. We can have joy in the time of trouble. We can have joy in the worst of situations, but also in the best of situations. The, 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 the poem that, that we covered earlier said, in the worst of times and in the best of times. I can have joy in my life in the worst of times, but I can also have that same joy in the best of times. So here we're looking at uh, the, the, these individuals that, uh, that, that were going through. God was uh, well ahead of them, preparing everything they need. So he was describing this newly rebuilt a Jerusalem as like Eden, and even the new Jerusalem centers on a life-giving tree and river. Go back to Revelations. He said that there will be water flowing. It will bring life and 12 manners of fruit that will heal all nations. So we are in a place where we will have find comfort in the presence of the Lord. And not only look to your comfort in your present, look to, to comfort in your future. 
uh, verse 4 says that my people and my nation hearken unto me my people and give ear unto my nation and so for the law shall proceed from me and I will make my judgment rest for the light of the people here he says hearken again give ear constitute one call again to what pay attention unto the Lord he says my people my nation he continued to address them uh, as his people even though they were in exile because of their sin he was still considered as that uh, his people is clear to call uh, that that Isaiah did not uh, uh, need to be so uh, explicit here because uh, he was telling us that we too are what the children of God we are the people of God he says that if my people that are called by name will humble themselves and pray turn from their wicked ways and, and, and seek my face he said then will I hear from heaven and I'll heal the land we are the people of God he said that here that uh, once again is an indication that the Lord does not intend to hide the light from us but instead he wants to draw us closer to the light verse 5 says my righteousness is near my salvation is gone forth and my arms uh, shall judge the people and the house shall be upon me and on mine arms shall they trust see the pursuit of righteousness is, is about uh, to be rewarded see salvation in the old testament uh, it refers to some type of physical or deliverance from the evil of, of, of enemies that were harming them for the thing is that Jesus came not only to free us uh, from, from, from this physical, but he wanted to fear us from the spiritual entanglements that we have in our life. He said that all owls and all nations, God is going to open up the promise that God gave to Abraham that he would be a blessing to all people through Jesus Christ, the lineage through which uh, uh, Abraham, through the lineage through which Christ came, he became a blessing to all people. The owls shall wait upon me, and my arms shall they trust. We can trust in the Lord what he had did through Jesus Christ on Calvary. The arm of the Lord is associated with his deliverance, but also his justice. His judgment is linked to people's trust in him. And without the Lord's promise to judge, it would be impossible to trust him. After all, how could a good God who loves righteousness, simply in, uh, ignore the evil that is around us. And if we did not did not have the power to judge and have power to uh, to do things that according to the injustices that we are facing in the day, how could we trust him? But I trust the Lord because he is able. But this God that we have, he has all of the authority and the will and the power to judge the wicked, but he will protect us, the righteous, that woo those who put his trust, our trust in him. That's the type of God we serve. Then we get into everlasting reign. We got to realize that kings come and go, but the God that we serve, he will serve forever and ever. Verse 6 says, lift up your eyes to heaven and look unto the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they shall dwell therein and shall die in like manner but my salvation listen to it my salvation shall be what forever and the righteousness shall not be abolished see see 
the casual observer of heavens and earth seems uh, like it's permanent, but smoke drifts in the wind and, and it dissipates away. I remember when we were kids, and Dad used to tell us about haints. And he, you need to watch those haints. And he'd take us outside while he was burning leaves. And while he was burning leaves, the smoke would go up and dissipate away. And when the smoke went up there to say, you see the haint? And we get scared and we're wondering where the hand, but it dissipated away. See, things in this world, it look harmful to us, but eventually it will what? Dissipate away. It will leave us all of the problems, all of the situations, everything that we are dealing with. The scripture says heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, we can be consistent in understanding and trusting that the Lord that everything else is going to leave here. But he says that my salvation, listen to me, this morning he said, my salvation shall be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished. See, in contrast to creatures in the earth, in the heavens and everything else, God's salvation and his righteousness shall not be abolished. The purpose of the coming of the Messiah was to grant things to the ones who come to Jesus through faith. In the end, no more will have death. You know what the psalmist said, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more trouble I see. He said, there will be peace in the valley for me. And though sin has had an end, righteousness will be the law of the heavenly land where the saints will be able to live with God. The Bible uses the figure of way. It refers to this journey that you and I have to go through in life. The spiritual realm is only two ways. He talks about the wide gate or the broad gate or the narrow gate. He's talking about the straight gate or the narrow gate. You got to go the wide gate or the broad way, or you're going to go the straight way or the narrow way. You got to choose today which way you're going to go. See, the thing is, uh, that way that leads to true life is the straight and narrow way. But the way that wide and the broad way leads to destruction. And then we got to say it is that straight way. It requires a serious dedication and effort to be able to walk according to the will of God. But it's all worth it. It's worth it in our life. But then he tells us, as we deal with the past, look straight ahead to the future, the present that we're in today. Look straight ahead to the present that we're in. Verse 7 says, hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. And he says that also, fear ye not for the reproach, neither be afraid of reviling. He says that for the final time in our lesson, he is reminding us again to what? Hearken unto me. Ye know that righteousness in the people whose heart is in the law. See, if you're going to walk according to the will of God, you have to evidence that in your personal life. You just can't say you're saved and not have the evidence unto me. He said, hearken unto me and who's, uh, uh, that those that know righteousness and the people whose heart are in my law. See, the, the, this is not to say that those who had the law in their heart did not love it. Uh, plenty of poetry exists extolling God's word and, and the great benefit of those that learn from it. But the thing is, from time to time, the law was given. God instructed the people to hide it in the hearts. 
you know, and, and even uh, to give those instruments to, uh, a way of how to uh, express yourself by living according to the will of God. And those that took those studies of the law seriously, they spoke of the joy of the heart that turned toward God away from their sin. But many generations, the people struggled to observe the laws, and in that way, it turned them into captivity. And to hear that God is speaking to the righteous who love the law would be hardening to them. God had not abandoned them forever and had provided them a way to be delivered from their situation therein. So he's telling us in verse 8, for the mouth shall eat them like a garment, but the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness and will be forever, and my salvation shall be from generation to generation. He's righteousness, and, and he says that fear not for the reproach of men and the revealing, for the moth shall eat and them like garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. And just like the earth and the heavens, reproach of men and revilings, uh, they only last for a moment, and, and inevitably it's got to come to an end. And the scorn of the people did not seek righteousness. They do not love God's word. They do not care about following the Lord, but indeed it will not even last forever. Your problems, your situations, everything that we deal with down here will not live forever. Even the moth and the worm will suffice to judge those who speak against God's word. So we got to understand, but he said, but my righteousness, listen to what our text says today, my righteousness shall live forever and my salvation from generation to generation. So here again, he's declared that all things in this world will come to an end, but his righteousness will be forever. This salvation is the last plan. There is no next salvation to come. There is no another opportunity. Every generation has been given the opportunity to, to accept that free gift that God has given to us. So as we close this morning, look into our past offers important insight and about faithfulness and, and examples to follow and to deviate from and peoples and events that helps to shape us. But Isaiah prepared the nation to look forward to Jesus, but look to the past and the present and the future when we look at him. The salvation work that he did on the cross is the reason for our joy in the present and our hope for the future. And so we need to think about whether to look to the past or the present or the future. You need to look at all three. Look at where you came from. Look where you're at. And look what, what God has provided for you where we are going. And to look at the body of Christ that, that continues to call the world to repent of sins and to be reconciled with God. And... Look at the glorious future that God promises us to have eternal life and will be no longer to be a hope but a present time reality. So we're going to come and have a good time in the Lord. All of these old issues, all of the problems of this world will be passed away. Then we can have that peace, that joy that God has made available to each one of us. So this morning, our thought is to hear that God is calling. He's calling. So this morning our prayer is, Lord, thank you for these reminders that you have always loved and uh, admonished your people. And as we leave class today, 
We ask for the wisdom uh, in making the tough decisions that, that are ahead of us in this coming week, in this coming time. But we pray that you would just be with us and give us that type of trust that we know that you are there with us and you are able to be able to bring us through any and everything. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. We thank God again for joining us this morning here at uh, uh, Rocky Mount, Virginia, at the uh, uh, Baymont by Wyndham here in uh, we're just relaxing, enjoying a little time off, some R&R, uh, &R, and we ask that you continue to pray for us, and we'll pray for you. Uh, join us again on Friday evening at our Bible Institute hour at 6 o'clock, and then join us again on next Sunday at our uh, Sunday school hour every Sunday at 9 o'clock. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. We'll see you again next week. Be blessed.